Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hollywood, Camel Cigarettes present the Screen Guild Players. Our stars, Joseph Cotton and Vanessa Brown. Our play, Shadow of a Doubt. Our host, Camel Cigarettes. Experience is the best teacher. Try a camel. Let your own experience tell you why more people are smoking camels than ever before. Try a camel in your T-zone, tea for taste and tea for throat, where you judge any cigarette. See how your taste welcomes camels' rich, full flavor. See what your throat reports on camels' cool, cool mildness. Tonight, Camel Cigarettes present the Screen Guild players in Alfred Hitchcock's famous screen hit, Shadow of a Doubt. A nerve-tingling story filled with suspense. It stars Joseph Cotton in one of his greatest roles as Uncle Charlie, with Vanessa Brown as his lovely young niece. The Camel Screen Guild players in Shadow of a Doubt. You all know the Merry Widow Waltz. But have you ever heard it played in church? It's strange, isn't it? But then everything about this story is so strange. Right from the beginning. I suppose the beginning was that day at home. You see, we live in Santa Rosa, a little town in Upper California. A very little town where nothing ever seems to happen. And Well, I guess that afternoon it had me down a bit. Now, Charlie, that's no way to talk. What's the matter, Charlie? Don't you feel well? I'm perfectly well, Mother, but I've just been thinking, that's all. I, I've come to the conclusion that I give up. I simply give up. Give up what? Dad, have you ever stopped to think that this family's just gone to pieces? We have? Of course we have. We just sort of go along, but we don't get anywhere. Oh, I don't know, Charlie. The bank gave your father a raise last March. The second raise in five years. Money. How can you talk about money when I'm talking about souls? What we need is someone to take us out of this rut. Have you any suggestions? Well, I was thinking that... Mother, I'm going to wire Uncle Charlie. Oh, darling, you're not going to ask for money. Well, of course not. Money wouldn't help. I'm going to invite him for a visit. Now, Charlie, you can't ask a busy man like that to come all the way from the east, even if you can reach him. You know he moves around so much. I'll reach him, all right, and he'll come for me. I'm named after him. And we're the only relatives he has. And besides, you know what? What, dear? I, I can't explain it exactly. It's, it's just a feeling. I mean... Well, I... I think he wants to come. 
Postal Union. Will you take a telegram, please, to Mrs. Joseph Newton, Santa Rosa, California. Here's the message. Surprise. Coming out to visit. Stop. Arrive Thursday and try and stop me. Love to all. And a kiss from Charlie from her Uncle Charlie. Right. That's right. That's the signature. Uncle Charlie. How much? Yes, I've got the exact change right here. Yes, that was the message they handed me when I went into the telegraph office to send my wire to him. It was almost as though he'd heard me calling 2,000 miles away. And then, then almost before we knew it, he'd arrived. Tall and slim and such a boyish smile. No wonder Mother was so crazy about her brother, even seeing him so seldom. At dinner that night, he was completely charming. And generous, too, with all the lovely presents he brought. A little something for you, Joe. I hope you like it. Well, say, I never had a wristwatch, Charles. Well, you've got one now. Here, Emmy. This is for you. Oh, perfume. Oh, Charles, how nice. And taboo is my favorite. Mother, it's just wonderful. And I expect to be paid for it, too. Huh? Paid for it? Oh, Joe, he means that banana cream pie. Oh. <laughs> I'll go and bring it in. But wait, Emmy, wait. I'll give you a hand. Gave him quite a start, didn't I? No, Uncle Charles. You've made us all very happy. Not yet, not all of you. Here's your present, Charlie. Oh, I didn't mean that. I don't want a present. Please don't give me anything. Nothing? Why not? Well, I... I, I can't explain it, but... It, it would spoil things if you gave me anything. You're a strange girl, Charlie. Why would it spoil things? Because... Because we're not just an uncle and a niece. It's something else. I know things about you. You do? Yes, I know that you don't tell people a lot of things. I don't either... And I have a feeling that inside of you somewhere there's something nobody knows about. Something nobody knows? Something secret and wonderful. I'll find it out. <laughs> it isn't good to find out too much, Charlie. Now, open your hand. There you are. Thank you. You haven't even looked at it. I don't have to look. No matter what you gave me, it'd be the same. <laughs> yeah, let me show you. It's a ring. An emerald ring. A, a real one. Oh, it's beautiful. And you have something engraved on it. That's different. I haven't, but I will if you like. Well, yes, you have, Uncle Charlie. It's very faint. See it on the inside? T.S. from B.M. Why, it's, it's someone's initial. Can you imagine? That jeweler rooked me. He told me it was new. I, I'll take it back, Charlie. Give it to me. Oh, no, it doesn't matter. I like it this Charlie, way. Charlie, you don't want to go around with it. Here a... it is, Charles. Here it is. Your favorite dessert, if I remember. <laughs> you see, Uncle Charlie? I was meant to keep it. Yes, I suppose you were. You see, now it's something special between you and me. I'll never give it away to anyone. <laughs> Why don't you go inside and rest? I need a little exercise, Emmy. Work off that meal. Oh, you're not used to helping with the dishes. Nonsense. Where do I put these dry glasses? Uh, just let them on the cupboard. We'll be done in a jiffy. Charlie, be careful. That's a good set, you know. Maybe you better not sing. I can't get that tune out of my head. Maybe somebody told me what it is. Well, it's a waltz. Yes, yes, but which one? Oh, your father would know. Too bad he had to go to that meeting. 
the funniest thing. Sometimes I get a tune in my head like that, and pretty soon I hear somebody else humming it, too. I think tunes jump from head to head. Uncle Charlie, do you know what it is? Why, uh... No. Oh, no, I don't. I know it's a word. And it's... It's Victor Herbert. Yes, uh... The, uh... Blue Danube Waltz. No, wait. I know. It's the... The Merry Widow. I'm sorry. One of the good ones, too. Oh, nonsense, Charles. We have plenty of glass. Mother, should we chase him out before he smashes the rest? That's a good idea. Charles, you march right into the parlor and sit yourself down. All alone? I... But that'll be fun. No, it won't. Huh? <laughs> I mean, not if you read our evening paper. It's awful. Come in. I brought you some water, Uncle Charlie. Oh. In, in case you get thirsty during the night. Thank you, Charlie. It's very thoughtful. Why, well, see, you've got the evening paper, too. Uh, ain't read in bed? No, no, I'm going to leave it in Dad's room. He'll want to look through it when he gets home. Hardly worth it, I'd say. Well, pleasant dreams. Uncle Charlie. Yeah. Uncle Charlie, I know a secret about you you don't think I know. What secret? Remember I said you couldn't hide anything from me because I'd find it out? Oh. Well, I know there was something in the evening paper about you. About me? In the evening mm-hmm, paper? Mm-hmm. You read the paper and page three is gone. It was something about you, wasn't it? And you didn't want us to see it. But but now that I know, you might as well tell me. <laughs> I I guess you've got me, Charlie. Well, it wasn't about me. It was uh, someone I used to know. Well, why don't you tell me? You've got that page right there in your pocket. I can see it sticking out. I think I'll just take it. And... Hey, you stay out of my pocket. Oh, it's Uncle... none of your business. Uncle Charlie, you're, you're hurting my wrist. Your oh. hands. Oh, Charlie. I... Charlie, I, I didn't mean to hurt you. I was just fooling. That that story wasn't anything. Just just some gossip. Not very pretty either. Oh. Not for you to read. Uh, forget it, will you? Oh, oh, of course, if you say so. That's the girl. Good night, young Charlie. Pleasant dreams. I did forget about that paper. Anyway, for a while. You see, the very next day, those survey men phoned, and they said we'd been picked as a typical family, and could they ask questions and take pictures and everything? Well, you can imagine we were pretty excited. All except Uncle Charlie. He seemed more annoyed, and he went to his room, and he shut the door, and he wouldn't come out. And then when the survey man came over, I had to answer all the questions. You see, Mother was straightening up the kitchen for the pictures, so I showed them both around the house. The upstairs, too. Mighty pleasant little home, Miss Newton. <laughs> I've been hoping we could do it over, Mr. Graham. <laughs> that's typical, too. Uh, whose room is that? Well, that's mine. But, but my uncle is using it now. Uh, Miss Newton, could I get a picture? You know, typical girl, typical room. Well, my uncle's resting, Mr. Saunders. I really don't want to disturb him. Oh, naturally. Say, is there a back stairs? Oh, yes, right down the hall. Then I'll bet you 50 cents your uncle is out. You're just trying to get Mr. Saunders in there to take a picture. Isn't he, Mr. Saunders? <laughs> That's right. Besides, I know my uncle's in there. I'm still betting he isn't. Want to take me up? All right. Uncle Charlie? Uncle Charlie, may I come in? You see? Why, you were right. He's gone. Funny you should do a thing like that. Maybe you don't know him as well as you think you do. Well, of course I do. I know him very well. I... 
Are you trying to tell me I shouldn't think he's so wonderful? <laughs> Not exactly. Someone's coming up the back porch, Jack. Huh? I always say the more the merrier. Miss Newton, is it, it your uncle? Well, yes, it is. Oh, Uncle Charlie. Guess I get a picture of the hall. Right. What are you trying to do? That flashlight blind me? Uncle Charlie, he was taking pictures of my room. I'm not in your room, and I don't like to be photographed. I'm afraid I'll have to ask you for the film, sir. I must insist. Give it to me, please. Okay, Fred. Give him the film. Thank you. Good afternoon. Well, that's better, I guess. Let's go. He was so strange. I don't understand. I think I could help you out on that. You could? Sure. Suppose you have dinner with me tonight, then we can sit in the park and have a nice, long talk. I thought it would be unfair to keep pretending, and so I thought I'd better tell you. This job of mine isn't always easy, Charlie. Then, then you're really a detective. Charlie, listen. You're not on a survey at all. You lied to us. You just wanted to get into our house. Listen, Charlie, you've got to trust me. Then you've done nothing but lie. Well, you probably didn't even want to take me out tonight. But I did. Honestly, I did. You don't know what it's meant for me to take you out, talk with you, get to know you. Mm, just part of your job. Don't be silly. When I came to this town to find a man, I hadn't counted on you. I hadn't counted on your mother or your family. Find a man? What man? We're not even sure if he's the right one. We won't know till they check that picture we wired east. The one we took of your uncle. But, what did you give that one back? No. We just gave him an empty roll of film. Another trick. Now, Charlie, please. My uncle hasn't done anything. He knows it would kill my mother if he did. Why don't you go away and leave me alone? Because you're a nice girl, Charlie. Because no matter what, you're going to help me do my job. Charlie, now think. How much do you know about your uncle? I know all I want to know. He's good and kind and generous... He came here and made us all so happy. He hasn't done anything to... To what? To what, Charlie? Nothing. You wouldn't understand. It's something I've got to figure out for myself. Why, Charlie, reading a newspaper in a public library, don't you get it at home? Oh, yes, Miss Conklin, but there, there was something uh, a couple of days ago. I wanted to copy it, and they threw it away. Uh, um, uh, a recipe. Oh, well, I hope you find it. And uh, will you please put the paper back when you're through? I found it, all right. It, it can't be anything really awful. Oh, not enough of Murder assault. Police are conducting a coast-to-coast -coast search for the man who strangled Thelma Shenley. Former musical comedy star. Wanted for the death of two other wealthy widows. Fugitive is known as the Mary Widow Murderer. <laughs> Vanessa Brown and Joseph Cotton will return to the camel screen gill microphone in Act Two of Shadow of a Doubt. Most of us know pretty well what we want in motion pictures and radio plays. We like action, romance, and interesting and unusual characters. When those ingredients are properly blended, it produces a play that's a box office hit. In cigarettes, we know what we like, too. 
Most folks want all the rich, full flavor and cool, cool mildness they can get. And that's why millions and millions of people smoke camels. They learn through the experience of trying different brands of cigarettes that camels give them the most in smoking enjoyment. Yes, millions smoke camels because camels' rich, full flavor and cool, cool mildness give them just what they want in a cigarette. More people are smoking camels than ever before. Experience is the best teacher. Try a camel. Let your own experience tell you why more people are smoking camels than ever before. And remember, camels by the carton are the best buy. Camels by the carton save you money, help to keep you from running out. Camel Cigarettes now present Act Two of Shadow of a Doubt, starring Joseph Cotton and Vanessa Brown. I sat there in the library staring at the paper not seeing a thing but suddenly I realized that I was chilled as if someone had drawn a blind across the sun I tried to tell myself it wasn't true but there was the ring the ring he'd given me the emerald with the faint initials on the band her initials Thelma Shelley the woman my uncle Charles had killed I woke for hours that afternoon trying to decide what I should do and after dinner I walked some more I was just at the park when I heard him call. Well, Charlie. I hurried on, but he overtook me. I remember I was very frightened. Hurry, Charlie. Slow down, will you? I want to talk to you. Come on, let's sit on this bed. No. I said sit down. You're hurting my wrist again. Oh, I'm sorry, Charlie. I guess I got excited. Can't blame me, really. Not when I see something coming between us two. Tell me, was it something those survey men told you? That fellow Graham... He's got nothing to do with it. I, I hope he never knows anything uh, about Charlie, you. Charlie, there's no way to talk, after all. I've been around a bit. I've been chasing around the globe since I was 16. I've done some pretty foolish things, too. Made some pretty foolish mistakes. Nothing serious. Just just foolish. I mean, like... What's the matter? What are you staring at? Your, your hands. Oh, Charlie, now don't start imagining... How could you do a thing like that? You're my uncle. My mother's brother. We thought you were the most wonderful man in the world. What do you know? I know I said I'd never give this ring up. But I can't wear it now. Not with her initials in it here. Take it. You think you know something, don't you? You think you're the clever little girl who knows something. What do you know about women like that? Have you ever seen them like I have? Every day in the best hotels, every day by the thousands, drinking their money, eating their money, losing their money at bridge, playing all day and night, smelling of money and proud of it. Horrible... Faded, fat, greedy but, women. But they're alive. They're human beings. Are they, Charlie? Are they human or are they fat, wheezing animals? Hmm? What happens to animals when they get too fat and too old? What happens... Stop it, please! See, you don't understand. All I want is a little help. From me? Oh. I'm so tired, Charlie. There's... There's an end to the running a man can do, and this is my last chance. You've got to help me. I count on you, Charlie. You said yourself there was something special between us, and think of your mother. You'd kill your mother. Charlie, give me this last chance. All right. All right, if you go away. Where to, Charlie? Where should I go? Where do you want me to go? I don't care anywhere, just so you go away from here. <laughs> got a thing in the house for lunch. And I couldn't go to the market myself, not with a cake in the oven. 
Sally, I've never known you to stay in bed so late. I, I, I'm sorry, Mother. I, I didn't sleep very well. Your Uncle Charlie's been asking for you. He's on the front porch. Here's a list for the grocery dealer. I'll, I'll run along, then. <laughs> the back stairs again? Charlie, why do you always go that way? Those stairs are so steep. Don't you want to tell your uncle good morning? I'll uh, see him when I get back. It's shorter this way. Well, watch yourself, dear. No, don't worry. I know these steps. Why don't What happened? I, I, I tripped. I, I think the step was loose. Oh, good heavens, Charlie. We might have been killed. Yes, I, I might have. But I wasn't. Yes? Oh, good evening. Come in, Charlie. I wanted you to know I almost had an accident this morning. Yes, your mother told me. I was very worried. When are you leaving, Uncle Charlie? Leaving? My dear girl, do you know what I did today? I went down and put a little money in the bank. The bank where your father works. $40,000 in cash. Of course, there isn't quite 40000 left there. Now I gave 1000 to the children's hospital and another 1000 to the community chest. Made your father quite important. When are you leaving? You know, I've been thinking, Charlie. I want to settle down. Live in a place where people know me. Have some money in the bank. Some sort of business. Be a part of this family. I see. The sensible thing is to be friends with me. I can do a lot for you, Charlie. I can do a lot for all of you. Not you. We don't want anything from you. If you don't leave, I'll tell what I know. Well, don't be silly, Charlie. Who'd believe you? A wall's running through your head. You don't like the initials on the ring, and you connect it all up with a newspaper clipping, and now you haven't even got the ring. You haven't. I? Ridiculous. I gave it to you. You see. Uncle Charlie, I don't want you here. I don't want you to touch my mother, so go away. I'm warning you. Go away, or I'll kill you myself. Do you know what it means to live in terror? I did. I knew he wouldn't stop at anything. At any moment, there might be another accident, and he'd be very sorry. And I'd be dead. My only weapon was the ring. If I could find the ring, I thought I'd frighten Uncle Charlie into leaving town. It was the next night that I got my chance. Mother had invited all our leading citizens to meet her brother. And while they were downstairs drinking Uncle Charlie's champagne, I was upstairs going through his things. It was rather late when I came down. Can't I persuade you, Reverend Phillips, just to drop? No, thanks. You know what the psalmist said, wine maketh glad the heart of man. Your gift to the church has given us cause enough to rejoice. And besides, I'm afraid my parishioners aren't overly familiar with the psalm. Well, I always... Oh, there you are, Charlie. What kept you so long? I was looking for my ring, Uncle Charlie. <laughs> Silly me, I thought I'd lost it. Oh, what an exquisite ring. It's an emerald, Mrs. Potter. A real emerald. Uncle Charlie gave it to me for a going away present. What's that? Going away? Why, Charles. Isn't that what you said, Uncle Charlie? Didn't you tell me you were going away? Yes. Yes, I did. But, Charles, I didn't read. I'm sorry, Emmy. I didn't expect it to happen so soon, but I got an important <laughs> message, you see. A very important message, I... I'm afraid I'll have to leave in the morning. Charles, I wish you didn't have to go. That's where it is, Emmy. You can't always do the things you like. Well, they're going to stop. We'd better get off, Emmy. Charlie? Well, goodbye, Charles. You're right, won't you? Of course. Watch yourself on those steps. Goodbye, Charles. Goodbye. 
Oh, oh Charlie, yeah, you wait a minute. I want to talk to you. We'll be starting in a moment. We can stand right here on the platform. I want you to know that I think you were right to make me leave. Best for your mother and best for all of us. Oh, we're moving. Oh, no, she's not very strong, you know. I, I don't think she could stand the shock. I remember once when she was a little girl. But the train's moving. I've got to get off. Be still. Let go! You're hurting my wrist. Beyond! Let me go! Sorry, but I've got Let to go. Go, Charlie. You know Let too much. Go. No, no, not yet, Charlie. Not till we're going a little faster. Not till we meet the train that's coming down the other track. No mistakes this time. Each little detail in its place. I've checked it all, you see. There it is now. It's coming fast, Charlie. Almost time to say goodbye. Almost time to... No! Having the funeral now. The biggest funeral Santa Rosa's ever seen. They were all so shocked when I told them how it happened. How Uncle Charles slipped and fell beneath the train. They're playing the Merry Widow Wars. I told them that's what Uncle Charlie would have wanted. I don't think I'll ever forget him. And they won't either. They'll always remember the time they heard the Merry Widow Waltz in church. Joseph Cotton and Vanessa Brown will return to the Camel Screen Guild microphone in just a moment. When you're bowling, you like to try the bowling balls in your hand. Get the weight and feel of the different ones till you find one that suits you best. When you're choosing a cigarette, you try it in your T-zone. That's tea for taste and tea for throat. Try a camel in your T-zone and see if your taste doesn't say, Mmm, that rich, full flavor, that's for me. See if your throat doesn't welcome camel's cool, cool mildness. Millions of people find the greatest smoking enjoyment in Camel's Choice Tobaccos, properly aged and expertly blended. Among them are many doctors. More doctors smoke Camel's than any other cigarette, according to a nationwide survey. Three leading independent research organizations asked 113,597 doctors what cigarette they smoked. The brand named most was Camel. <laughs> Now that our nerves have stopped jitterbugging, we bring our stars back for a final round of thanks. Joe and Vanessa, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that was one of the most exciting half hours we've ever had. Well, Mike, when you get right down to it, these appearances with the Screen Guild players are pretty exciting for us, too. For after all, this is our show. It belongs to the motion picture industry. It's deeply satisfying to know that all the profits go to the motion picture relief fund and its wonderful country house and hospital. Vanessa, don't you feel that way about it? Exactly, Joe, and more. Because the good work goes way beyond Hollywood. Each week, the makers of Camel cigarettes send freak smokes to men in servicemen's hospitals all over the country. This week, among other hospitals, free camels are being sent to the United States AAF Station Hospital in Fort Warren, Wyoming, the U.S. Marine Hospital, Detroit, Michigan, the Veterans Hospital in Los Angeles, California. Happy smoking, fellas. Your free camels are on their way oh, to Vanessa, you now. you've made a lot of those boys happy now. How about doing the same thing for our audience? You mean next week's Screen Guild show? Mm. 
Oh, it's really terrific. It's a smash Broadway hit finally brought to the screen. Beautiful music, charming romance, drama, comedy. It's got everything. Has it got a title? Oh, oh, of course, of course. It's a brand new picture, up in Central Park. And it stars Deanna Durbin, Dick Hames, and Vincent Price. Enough? Yes, ma'am. Good night, everybody. Good night. Shadow of a Doubt was directed by Bill Lawrence, adapted for radio by Harry Cronman, with music by Wilbur Hatch, and was presented through the courtesy of Universal International, now releasing Walter Wanger's Tap Roots. Joseph Cotton will soon be seen in the David O. Selznick production, Portrait of Jenny. Vanessa Brown will soon be seen in the 20th Century Fox production, A Street with No Name. Don't forget next week, Camel Cigarettes will present the Screen Guild Players and Universal International's current musical hit, Up in Central Park, starring Deanna Durbin, Dick Hames, and Vincent Price. Be sure to listen. And listen to Bond Monroe with Colonel Stupnagel and their guest, Connie Haynes, on the air for Camel Cigarettes every Saturday night over most of these CBS stations. This is Michael Roy in Hollywood saying good night and won't you have a camel? This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs>